Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Front Page 305. The guys who I've covered uh, South Florida sports with for uh, the past 20 plus years and uh, two of my best friends. And this is always a fun uh, get together uh, whenever the three of us can, can talk sports. And so uh, we, we decided to do this show live. This is our first one live here on Sirius XM Radio. And uh, thank Larry Millian and his son, Anthony, who uh, Frankie Fernandez, our producers, everybody involved with the show. Guys, um, a lot of sports news involved here. Um, there is a studio line, by the way, if you want to call. Um, if I can get that number, I'm trying to read it here. Hold on. It's 786-828-7068. That's our studio line um, if you want to call in and join the show. Um, but we got a lot of topics we're going to get to because it's been a busy uh, sports world here in South Florida. Um, the Miami Marlins, the Miami Heat, the Panthers. The Panthers right now are playing game two of their uh, playing series against the New York Islanders after losing game one over the weekend. You got the Miami Dolphins opening camp. You got the Miami Hurricanes busy on the recruiting trail. We're going to get to all of that here in this opening segment, but we're going to start this show with the with the Miami Marlins because they're uh, a team that's obviously been through a lot in the past week. And Andre Fernandez and I covered the Marlins for the Miami Herald for, for many years. And uh, Andre... Uh, it was, and I were both on that Zoom call yesterday with Derek Jeter and Michael Hill and, and Don Mattingly. So much going on because of the 18 players that they have uh, test positive for COVID-19. And the first thing Derek Jeter said yesterday was he thinks the Marlins deserve empathy and not uh, the disdain that they faced uh, after being hit by the coronavirus. Um, you know, they did admit to making some mistakes, leaving their hotel rooms in Atlanta, going out to get coffee. A few guys went out to have dinner with a former teammate. Uh, but Major League Baseball and the Marlins claimed there was no recklessness on their part. There were no guys going to the Magic City to get wings or uh, any any of that kind of behavior. Uh, Dre, uh, some guys just basically didn't wear a mask in their hotel and, and stuff like that. What do you have to say about the Marlins? Were they reckless in your opinion? I think, honestly, look, do they deserve this stain? I wouldn't go so, so far as to say that because we are dealing with people and we're glad first and foremost that these guys are getting better health is first and foremost in this whole thing so that part of it yes do i have personally empathy for those players of course you know i'm even going to say something that i'm put out there i had it last month and i luckily i'm very fortunate that i got over it that i got over covid and i'm and i'm better a lot of people haven't been that lucky you know a lot of people have lost their lives in this thing and it's hit home really hard so Disdain, no. Empathy, yes. Now, accountability, that's the biggest thing. And that's where I don't. I hope that doesn't get lost here. And I'm glad that they did at least say that, yes, they let their guard down. It was a wrong thing to do, to be careless, to not follow the protocols. It was. It absolutely was. And just because they didn't go to Cheetahs and get it there, and just because they didn't go to the alibi room and have a few beers and get it there doesn't mean that they didn't do the right thing and they didn't and they have to learn from that now and that's the thing going forward that i think the one thing is that it kind of pissed me off that then later on you see people on twitter dismissing the whole thing like oh it's fine they didn't go there they didn't do that that doesn't mean they didn't do something that had a tremendous ripple effect on themselves on their families on their team on the organization on the rest of baseball look how the schedule's wrecked right now too even just from a baseball standpoint the Phillies, the, they could, they put the other teams that they came into contact to at risk. So was it reckless? Yeah, I think it kind of was in a sense. Now, 
do you move forward now and do you learn from it? I really hope so. And that's what I'd like to hear from, you know, not just Jeter, but I saw Don Mattingly said the same thing. He said he was even asked, were you guys unlucky? And he said, no, we weren't. We didn't do the right things and we have to we have to be better. They have to be perfect is what they said. And yeah, I think they do. I think that's where more than anything, they have to go 57 and 0 the rest of the way, not on the field, but on this because you know, people want to downplay this and say it wasn't a big deal, say it's a minor misstep, something like that. You know what? It wasn't. So it better not happen again because there's too much there's too much going on and you've seen people like I said before, this is a cost. This is a very dangerous thing. I mean, look, even the Wichita owner, Lou Schreckmeyer, the, who uh, just passed away recently from COVID, the, the Marlins AAA team. I mean, it's just, it's a scary thing. It is a scary thing. And they need to be, they need to be a lot more responsible about it. Hey guys, if I can jump in here on the Marlins discussion, what's interesting, assuming there is going to be a baseball season to its completion, which is in doubt, Wow, what a fascinating division, the way this is working out. The Marlins are actually in first place in, in win percentage, 667. The Braves are 636, so the win percentage, they're second. They had a very tough day yesterday, not only losing the game, but they lost Mike Soroka, their best pitcher, out for the year with an injury. You have the Nationals, 429 win percentage. The Mets have been a mess, 364 win percentage. Cespedes walked out on the team in the middle of a five-game losing streak. They had three... We, they think minor injuries yesterday, and they already lost two of their starting pitchers, uh, Syndergaard and Stroman. And then you have the Phillies, as Andre alluded to, uh, 250 win percentage, only one in three. And they have, like the Marlins, they have a ton of games to make up. The Marlins and the Phillies are going to be playing probably a ragtag unit with a lot of guys that are not their best players. So uh, from a, just a pure baseball perspective, it really sets up for uh, a fascinating uh, division race. Yeah, it looked like the Braves were going to start to run away with it, and then the Soroka thing happened. So now it looks like it's wide open. Even like the Mets, they drop to three and seven. They lose guys. Cespedes opts out, and then they Four come up last now. night and they win. So they find a right. way to stay afloat. So I mean, you really look at it from top to bottom. The Nationals haven't even had really a chance to really, you know, start to get some momentum. So it, it's still pretty wide open, and that's where now the Marlins again another ripple effect. Look at this team, you know, pretty much now a totally different roster going to Baltimore now that's going to have to stay afloat for the next week or so until they start getting guys back to even have a chance to build off the momentum from that first weekend. One quick thing before we get back to Manny. Manny, you wanted the young Marlins players to, to play in a, in a previously when we did yeah. one of our, it was, a, I think, it just a, broad, a podcast at the time before we were here on, on Sirius Radio, and you wanted the young players. Now you've got them. Yeah, they're here. And, and by the way, I'm glad you brought that up, Walter. If, if any of you guys want to keep up with us, uh, all of our uh, podcasts, are available apple podcast spotify just look up front page 305 and you can follow us on twitter at front page 305 or at Paso 305 and then now i love this new feature that we got guys uh with the phone number the studio line 786-828-7068 if callers want to come in and uh, discuss some of these topics with us we're going to move on to the heat and some other teams in a moment but i wanted to finish up the marlins discussion by saying this you know, they had to basically scramble here to, to form a team. Uh, their entire bullpen was pretty much depleted by, by what happened with COVID-19. So today you're going to see basically, as, as Walter described, a, a ragtag team out there um, of, of pickups and, and free agent acquisitions and, and, you know, trades, sending cash to Baltimore and Cleveland and other places to get relief pitchers. Uh, and hearing Michael Hill talk about it yesterday, um, you know, it's, it's really a difficult position. You, you're, they're going to play a doubleheader tomorrow. Uh, against Baltimore, two seven-inning games, by the way, that Major League Baseball 
look, as much as you can point the finger at the Marlins and say, hey, you know, this isn't a small thing. 18 guys getting sick is not good. Miguel Rojas, by the way, has shown symptoms. He's had sore throat um, and he's getting he's gotten it harder uh, fever as well. I think he's gotten it harder than, than most of the other guys in the team who are asymptomatic. So, mm-hmm. you know, as Andre said, you don't know what's going to happen so, and how long some of these guys might be out. But the point is um, the, the Marlins are not the only team dealing with this. The Cardinals are. And I think the bigger issue here, Dre, again, is Major League Baseball decided not to go with a bubble. Mm-hmm. Players and coaches didn't want that because they want to be able to go home to their families and, and, and be around family members and go through a season and, and you know, travel and all that kind of stuff came into play but the reality is baseball screwed up and I, and I blame this more on baseball than I do the Marlins because a guy going out to get coffee a guy going to get dinner at a friend's house I mean let's face it we don't all stay at home seven you know 24 hours a day we have to go out we go out for groceries we go out to drive through we do whatever we got to do during this pandemic to survive I've gone to see my mom I've gone to see uh, you guys, we did a show together. Every time we leave our house, we, we were put at risk. And I think it's unfair to necessarily point the finger at the Marlins and say, hey, you know what? Uh, we're mad at you because you guys got sick. They're just the first ones. And I'm and- guaranteeing you right now, the Cardinals aren't the last one. They're going to be more teams that deal with this. And baseball knew that. The NFL knows it. College football knows it. They've gone out and said, hey, guys, you're going to get sick. And we know it. And, they, and the Marlins, unfortunately, were just the first team to deal with it spreading across practically the entire roster. No, and, and that's absolutely a fair point. And I agree with you on the bubble. We've been saying that the last couple of shows too. And I'm not, again, they I just, like I said, they have to learn from this and they have to be more careful. But to your point, when you go out there, you put your mask on, right? Absolutely. When we recorded that first show, what did we do at Walter's house? We, we, we uh, sat far apart and we wore masks. Mask, and, that's, social and, distance. That's, and that's all I'm saying that they have that, again, it's not throwing blame at them. Let's, like I said before, I'm glad they're doing better. My best wishes go out to Miggy. But when you hear, even Miggy's the one that put that quote in my head that really hit home. When he said he can't come home and sleep in the same room as his pregnant wife, that was, that's the that's real life stuff going on. That's real life stuff that you have to be conscious of. And yeah, you, of course you have to go out. Of course you have to do this and that. But you have to be careful too. And that's all I'm saying. They have to learn from this and they have to follow you know, the safety measures as they, as, as they need to. Young uh, Anthony Millian, I know you're, you're sitting there watching the show, being a part of it with us. Uh, Mr. I hope Pool keep- Party. Mr. Pool Party, right? That's his new nickname. When you go to these pool parties, are you wearing masks? I mean, obviously, you're not, right? I mean, who takes a mask in a pool? No, nobody does. I mean, I went on vacation a few weeks ago to uh, Naples, Naples, Florida. Literally, nobody had masks on. I mean, it was recommended, not required. But it, it was concerning a little bit to see people were not wearing a mask. I still feel like people need to wear a mask because... This isn't a joke. This is a pandemic, and it's been spreading around the world for, what, seven, eight months now? And people still don't understand that this isn't a joke. This is a for real thing. This is our new life. We need to start being more prepared for this. And we can't slack off on wearing the mask. Just because cases decrease doesn't mean, oh, that's it. It's over. No, we need to keep on doing what we're doing, and then that's how the cases are going to decrease, and eventually this will start going down and down and there'll be less cases and it'll be less of a threat to everybody. Hey, Manny, what's this? Uh, pool party's getting more time on the mic than I am. I mean, that cannot stand. <laughs> hey, listen, he's just like his dad. He's got natural skills. He's good at what he does, man. What can That's I true. tell you? 
Hey, uh, we're coming up on a break. I want to touch on a couple of other things quickly and then tease the next segment. So I'm going to do that, guys. I may not ask for your opinions. We can always get back to Heat, Panthers, Dolphins, and Hurricanes talk after the break. But a couple I things. I want to talk about the Heat when you get to me, Manny. Yeah, we will. But we got it. We're coming up on a break. So I'm going to, I'm going to hit on the Heat quickly. Number one, Miami's 1-1 one one now in the bubble. They lost to Toronto Monday. Bad officiating call hurt them. A flagrant found Kelly O'Linick. The referees basically admitted shouldn't have happened. And then... You know, Goran Dragic and Jimmy Butler threw some bad bounce passes in the paint to each other late in that game. Uh, he plays Boston tonight, Milwaukee on Thursday. We're going to get a good idea where this team really stands in the pecking order in the East. Anthony, we got a Panthers update? We got a score yet or no? 0-0. Zero, 0-0, zero. Zero, zero. all right. Yeah. Dolphins opened up camp last week. Team hasn't had anyone opt out, which is a good thing to do. The deadline is Thursday, 4 p.m. That's a victory. And then as far as the Hurricanes, Thursday, we're going to find out uh, about Leonard Taylor, the five-star defensive tackle. Over the weekend, I was told that uh, they were going to get Jason Marshall, the five-star cornerback out of Palmetto, and then it never happened. Manny Diaz sent out a tweet with a planet exploding, and the next thing you know, the kid doesn't announce. Psych. Oh, oh, oh by the way, Miami is opening camp uh, on Friday. So, um, you know, we're going to be a lot of hurricane news here in the coming days, but we're going to get to our next segment. And in that segment, we're going to get to a few interviews uh, we talked about the Hurricanes, but guess what? We caught up with former Hurricanes coach Butch Davis to preview the start of FIU's fall camp and how much things have improved since they beat the Hurricanes last year at Marnas Park. We also talked to Ruthie Polinski, the new NBC sports anchor, about her days in Providence covering the New England Patriots and Tom Brady. And hey, did you guys know Sylvia Fowles became the all-time leading rebounder in WNBA history last week? We spoke to two guys who coached her at the AAU level, Miguel Diaz and Sam Gar Bamgarten. We're going to get to those interviews when we come back after the break. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 145. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Well, it just annoys me that you don't see it my way. Oh, it annoys me that you don't see it my way. We can play this game too. What? Not always going to see it your way. Your way is not the way. I can see it my way. But your way is not the way. So some people, some people are really... That's huge ego of you, by the way. Yeah, of course. Well, you can't spell amigo without the ego. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend, but a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat. Keyboard Cat, YouTube star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities, been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. 
I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them, but I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Sam Radio has brought so much positivity into my life that allows so many young people to have a voice. I'm very thankful for this opportunity at Slam Radio. Not a lot of people get to say that they worked on the first radio station run inside a high school. I've learned so much from Frank the Tank. I've learned so much from Danny, from The Amigo. I've learned so much from them, and I thank them so much, and it means a lot to me. Slam Radio is a community. It just gives you opportunity. They give you opportunities that not many schools have. The people here are just great. Someone always has your back no matter what. It is definitely a place to leave your egos and your insecurities behind and just be yourself and all become one. I'm so thankful for everybody here at Slam Radio, and I'm thankful for this wonderful opportunity that I've been given to jumpstart my career. You are listening to Slam Radio on Sirius XM 145. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Sirius XM. Yeah. And now we're back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145. Slam Radio. So as always, uh, the interview portion, um, as we get in here to the show, um, we're going to talk to Butch Davis, Ruthie Polinski, uh, Matt Eddy from Baseball America, and uh, the co- coaches who uh, coached Sylvia Files, the great Sylvia Files at the AAU level here uh, in South Florida. So we're going to get to those interviews in a second. Guys, uh, Walter and I spoke to Butch Davis yesterday. Uh, Walter covers FIU for the Miami Herald. And, uh, you know, it was obviously a huge win for my, uh, for FIU over Miami at the end of last season at Marlins Park. I don't know if you guys are following Butch Davis on Twitter, FIU on Twitter, but uh, they, when the Marlins opened the season, he did this video of himself holding a bat and talking about, wow, you know, uh, the Marlins welcomed them back, but really it was just a ploy to kind of continue to stick the, the needle into the Hurricanes and say, hey, we beat these dudes. Um, so I, I thought it was pretty funny. And I, finally, yesterday, I got a chance to ask Butch about what that win over FIU meant. Here's what he said. Yeah, Manny, I think it's done a lot, you know, and I, and I kind of relate going back to uh, the days that I was at the University of Miami. When, when, we, when we won the game against UCLA at the end of the season, uh, they were 10-0, number two in the nation, on track to maybe play for the national championship. And we were trying to rebuild the Miami program. And uh, that win ad- just completely catapulted the entire program because within about a month, uh, Paul D. gets an invitation for us to open the next season in New York for the kickoff classic and play Ohio State. So we go on the road, we beat Ohio State. And all of a sudden, you know, the, the expectations in recruiting was off the, off the charts. Well, last year, you know, for FIU, for us, the win against Miami, it impacted last year's recruiting class because there was probably five or six of the kids that we signed 
that we were on the borderline with them and a couple of them were actually interested in the University of Miami and that flipped them to us. And, wow. uh, you know, and so obviously over, we didn't get a chance to go out and do spring recruiting this past spring like you normally do, but we've been recruiting over the phone on, on Zoom and doing uh, FaceTime and it has, it has really truly helped because it gives a benchmark of what this football program potentially is capable of doing, that if we continue to, to emphasize our coaching staff, which is outstanding, uh, players are getting a chance to make it to the NFL, like James Morgan getting drafted in the first, first uh, fourth round by the Jets, and, and Ike Brown getting, you know, we had five guys sign free agent contracts, and, and Stanley Thomas getting drafted. All of those things together really help your football program. But the win at, at uh, Marlins Park was outstanding for this program. Uh, so obviously a, a meaningful victory for FIU that they're still feeling the results of. Uh, I've run into a bunch of kids who, uh, at least I know it hurt Miami. You know, they were sort of like, hey, man, they lost to FIU. So it was certainly damaging to Miami, but certainly a good thing for FIU in, in terms of recruiting. Walter, we also got a chance to, uh, to talk to Butch Davis about a couple of other things, including his playing days at Arkansas. And I thought you asked him a pretty funny question. Let's get to that clip. There was some really good offensive line guys. And uh, I don't know, you, back in those days, they didn't throw. You had to play the run. It was run, 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 and then throw maybe 10 times a game. So uh, You couldn't but, get your sack numbers. Yeah, I, like none, you know. I had some highlights. I, probably if I was going to say, and this was on a freshman, the, my first year there, probably the best game that I probably ever had, we beat SMU. And uh, I punted. I place kicked. Okay. Wow. I made three extra points, two field goals, okay, and I think I had six tackles in the game playing outside linebacker. So, you know, it's a miracle you kicker. it's a miracle you weren't in the first <laughs> round that next year. I don't know. Yeah. After after five knee surgeries, I was lucky enough to be an assistant coach there, a grand coach. Uh, we also talked to Butch a little bit about uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and everything that was going on uh, there at FIU and, and how he's sort of dealing with things. And, and here's Walter uh, talking to, to Butch about that. Yeah, well, the spike, obviously, you know, in Dade County in South Florida, it's been super high, but it's kind of gone down over the last three or four days. If it continues to go down and, and somewhat across the country, because I mean, everybody had their fingers crossed that there would be a vaccination, but I don't think that there's a reality that that's going to happen at best, maybe in November, December, at best. But I do think that we will have a college football season this year. I think I do think that it'll be minimized. I don't think anybody's going to be playing 12, 13, 14 games. I think what the, the you know what some of the Power Five schools where they've minimized it down to just playing conference games, whether it's eight conference games or nine conference games, and then with the idea because I know that everybody, not only football fans, but I certainly the bowls, everybody wants to finish this season off with bowl games in December. Hopefully, you have four teams to play for the national championship and uh, and try to whip this coronavirus's ass. You know, <laughs> Butch Davis wanted to kick coronavirus's ass. I love it. Um, nice. So as we mentioned, NFL camps have opened up, and as usual in this new coronavirus sports world, everything we do as reporters is on Zoom. All the interviews today, right now, actually, Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback Gardner Minshew is taking questions on Zoom. That's something I should be a part of, but hey, I'll catch up later. And uh, his mustache. And his mustache, right. His, his mustache has an entirely different uh, press conference, by the way, oh. Walter. 
Uh, anyway, in the good old days when we could go into the locker rooms, wait for a guy to walk back there and then congregate around them with our microphones and tape recorders, uh, you know, that's kind of what we all did. That's what we did as reporters. That doesn't exist anymore, obviously. But when it did, our friend Ruthie Polinski, the new sports anchor in NBC6, had one of those moments with Tom Brady when she covered the Patriots. And, you know, one of those moments when you're like, oh, my God, that's Tom Brady. That's what she had. Ruthie Polinski had that. Let's listen to Ruthie share that story. Okay, so I was working in, um, I lived in Providence, Rhode Island. So I was working for a local TV station there when we covered, we covered all New England sports, but we treated the Patriots like a local team just because they were so close to us. And Foxborough was technically part of Foxborough was our viewing area. So we really treated the Patriots like a local team, whereas the Celtics, Bruins, and Red Sox, we would cover more so in the playoffs um, just because it was kind of tough to get to Boston from Rhode Island, but Foxborough was so close. And, you know, they're the New England Patriots, right? They're not the Boston Patriots. So right. it was really an experience. That was my first NFL team that I covered. I came from a really small town in Texas where I got my first job out of Michigan. Um, I lived in Wichita Falls, Texas for two years where I really just covered high school sports for the most part. Um, so then to go from small town Texas to the New England Patriots. I'll right. And when I got the job offer in Rhode Island, um, they said, yeah, you know, we're starting a new Patriot show we think you'd be great for. And I was like, the New England Patriots? <laughs> like, you know, like of all the NFL teams to get to cover, you know, Tom Brady and the Patriots was right. a sports reporter's dream, right? So um, obviously being a Michigan girl, I wasn't really a Patriots fan necessarily, but when Brady was in it, I was rooting for him just because of that Michigan connection. Um, and obviously just so much respect for what he does and who he is. Right. So when I get to New England, um, it was training camp, I want to say, um, or maybe it was early on in the regular season and I am just fangirling, right? Like I am just beside <laughs> myself when it comes to seeing, you know, Tom Brady up close and personal. It's just someone that I've, you know, obviously idolized my entire life. And you always- How blue are, how blue are his eyes, by the way? Do, well, hold on, let me get to my story. So, 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 you know, Tom Brady is treated like Tom Brady, right? And when you go to New England. So the media is very, gets very limited access to Tom. And when I first got there, that was made very clear. Um, when you're in the locker room, which, you know, who knows if we'll ever be allowed in a locker room again, which is crazy to think about, but, um, when you're in the locker room, you know, you can pop around to different players and just chat with them if you need to. No one goes up to Tom. So nobody goes up to Tom Brady, and all of a sudden, Ruthie Polinski sees her opening. She's going to sack the quarterback. <laughs> I needed Tom to know that, like, I had just started and I was a Michigan grad. Like, that <laughs> needed to be clear. And, you know, he probably, they probably have a book with our names and know everything about us, right? Like, as we start as media people. But right. um, I was like, I just need to introduce myself. Like, I just need to do it. So there was like a media scrum that was kind of at one end of the locker room that was happening. And I'm standing at the other end with my colleague and Tom's at his locker. And I look at my colleague and I say, this is my chance. Like, I got to introduce myself. <laughs> and, you know, the PR staff watches us like, you know, we are, you know, they got to make sure that we're following yeah. at all times in England. Right. And so I beeline it to Brady and I stick out my hand and I say, Tom, I just want to introduce myself. I just started here. Um, 
And I said to Tom, I'm a Michigan grad. I actually was born in Ann Arbor when you were the quarterback and I've just grown up following your career. And you know, whenever I tell people this story, like they always ask me like, so like, what did he say? And I tell everyone like, I have no idea. <laughs> Blacked out, Blank. have no recollection <laughs> of any of the conversation. Like right. it was, it's black. I go back to that Completely. moment in time. What I do remember is we talked for maybe, you know, a minute. It was like nothing. Oh. And I do remember at the end, we like said goodbye. And he said, so nice to meet you, Ruthie. Like remembered my name, wow. who I was. Um, but yeah, those blue eyes are life altering. You know? <laughs> it's it's funny, because, funny because people talk about Tom and of course he's a very handsome right. actor, but you just have so much respect for who he is. And I also remember how being so amazed at how tall he is. With, right. with, you know, he's six, four, six, five, six, six, something like that. Um, six, four, something. Um, Seven like foot, five, I think, four. Ruthie, the way you're going. <laughs> yeah, so, so he, um, so that was, that was a cool experience. And you know, when, um, whenever, I think they played the Lions in a preseason game and he went and talked to the school. So I would get to ask him kind of in press conferences about Michigan. And um, so I kind of felt like I always had that connection with him, but who knows, like, you know, if I covered a game in Tampa Bay, would he remember me? I don't know. I was there for three seasons. So I would right. But Ruthie, the fact that you're in Florida now and he's in Tampa Bay, there's not a stalking situation here that we need to be worried about. Is there? Well, I was here first. Okay. I got here first. Everyone is laughing because when that happened, everyone from Rhode Island that, you know, followed me or watched me on the news always said, Tom's following Ruthie to Florida. And I'm like, right. a couple hours apart, but, you okay, know. It's, okay, the stalking is the other way around. I got it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> those ocean blue eyes. Uh, anyway, we're going to move on to WNBA and Sylvia Files, as we mentioned, all-time leading rebounder now. We caught up with her two coaches here locally that knew her really well, Miguel Diaz, the Miami Suns AAU director, and Sam Baumgarten, who coaches Miami High, has been there forever. Uh, Sam coached against her at the high school level and, and has gotten to know her as she's progressed. And that's one of my favorite interviews, by the way. You can, you can check out, uh, make sure to go to the front page 305 podcast. Uh, we got the full interviews with all of our guests there. Uh, but this little clip I wanted to share because Sylvia Files really is the greatest. And with apologies to Yadonis Haslam, I think she might be the greatest basketball player to ever come wow. out of Miami. She's definitely the, the, the greatest female girls basketball player to ever come out of the city of Miami, without a doubt, 100%. Um, you know, I didn't have the luxury of coaching her, but I did coach against her. Um, <laughs> and she was the most dominant figure I have ever had to prepare against. Uh, I mean, her physicality, her strength, her jumping ability. You have to remember, this is a kid who dunked two times in a high school game as a freshman in high school. Uh, that was I at mean, Miami Edison. Mm -hmm. my, at Miami Edison. I mean, just un unreal ability, uh, a game changer. You know, went to Gulliver, I, I believe it was her senior year, changed that program around. You know, she's, she's just that good. I mean, as as my Beatrice is my baby. Uh, she's like a daughter to me and she's amazing in her, in her own right. Um, I think, you know, she would be the one, only one that would maybe be comparable to, to uh, Sylvia, but Sylvia is definitely, I think, I think Miguel said it best, the GOAT. She's the greatest of all time. I mean, it's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. All right, so we're going to wrap this segment up uh, with our conversation with Baseball America co-executive editor Matt Eddy 
we reached out to him because obviously the Marlins are dealing with some roster problems because of the COVID-19 pandemic, calling up uh, prospects like Monty Harrison and Jorge Guzman. They're going to be available tonight in Baltimore to play. Uh, they even called up Andre's favorite speed skater, Eddie Alvarez. Uh, yep. But of course, not all of those prospects are coming, um, even though Miami's farm system is ranked number four in my MLB pipeline. Instead of talking about all the big names, we asked Matt Eddie, his sleeper prospect, guys we should all be watching here in the years to come for the Marlins. Okay. Um, yeah, this is a guy I think I keyed you in on this guy because I said, I want an old report on this guy. I want a <laughs> Marlins organization report on Peyton Burdick. The third round uh, right state outfielder from 2019. You know, he doesn't have necessarily like the loudest pedigree or tools, but he's a guy who performs. You know, he's got, he comes from a military family. He's got this, uh, you know, this, this chip on his shoulder, this, you know, competitive makeup. I think, I think that's going to push him over the top. And he, he really hit very well in a tough assignment last year in the Midwest League. You know, I think he was a year older for his, his, um, his college class because he registered in the year. So he was 22 rather than 21, but he performed. And I, I think he's one to watch. Anybody he reminds you of? Well, <laughs> you, you hear the people who are very optimistic on him. They'll say Jason Bay. You have a right-handed corner outfield bat who hits for power, runs a little bit, defends. Okay. You know, I think it, that's an absolute best case. I'm, I'm not going there, but yeah. All right. So when we come back, from the break, we're going to have a behind Las Cortinas moment, an embarrassing one for me when Sylvia Fowles whooped my butt. And then we're also going to get an update on the Panthers and get into the news. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 145. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Hold on. Did you take steroids? Why, how can I but do all would, of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? He's not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet you he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last up. one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? He's hang up on us. Just tell me no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. He ate platanos. 
Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell him? You tell him, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, rico. you know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Hey, everybody. This is John Resnick from the Goo Goo Dolls. Giving a big shout-out to Slam Radio, the only student-run radio station that's all national. Awesome, guys. Congratulations. And now we're back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Walter, I'm going to interrupt you for a second if I can, and all of you guys, because I got to tell you a story about Sylvia. I, she, I covered her quite a bit for the Miami Herald back in the day when she was doing all those great things, uh, dunking on people and, and winning state championships for Edison and then going 30-0 at Gulliver. And I remember going to her house. She lived right next to, I guess it was Miami Central area, and, and uh, showed up at her house to do a story on her with all the college letters, everything she had. And then we played a one-on-one -on, -one on the, on the pickup basketball courts in the back. <laughs> wait, 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 you against her, me against her. She took I me out. I never heard this story. No, I did. I saved some of this stuff. If I tell you, it's not good for the show. So I got to save some. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Go. So, I, so we go yeah, out there. Moment. We, we go out there, Sylvia, it's night. We, we really can't see, but it's, it's okay. You know, it's like, we're going to play anyway. We got, we got some lights off in the distance. Sylvia gives me the ball first. And immediately, wow. I was not going to get my shot swatted. So I shot it, and I made the first basket. Woo! I, let's just say I never got the ball back after that. You, you yeah. caught her off guard once. That was it. She, she, hey. whipped, she whipped my buddy 11 to 1, and that was it. And, the, and it was <laughs> over. I wouldn't let her dunk on me, but she, it, was, it was just she destroyed me. And so, wow. uh, yeah, it was, Manny, it was fun. You night. got lucky, Manny, because, like, in that, that generation right there, you know, you do that right now. That would have been all over Instagram. You would have <laughs> right. never let it go. I would have been so embarrassed. People would have been just like, man, she whooped your butt 11 to 1. But thank God Twitter didn't exist back then, man. I and, and wait, she was, a, she was a freshman? No, this was her going into her senior year. This is when going she was going to go to her. Right. And I, I went to go do a oh, big profile yeah. on her. And I, and I hung out with her pretty much the whole day. 
And she said, let's go to the court. And we did. We went out there and we played a little wow. pickup game. And I didn't include that in my story. Yeah, you never include that in your story when you get your butt whooped by the uh, athlete you're covering. It's too embarrassing. But uh, that was the one time I decided to to do that, to, to take on one of the uh, the guys I was covering. And, and it was Sylvia Files, and she destroyed me. She just... Uh, Absolutely destroyed me. Walter Andre Fernandez uh, back with me here on front page 305. And I understand uh, something's beeping my ear. Uh, looks like the, the Panthers, there's an update. Is that right, Anthony Million? Correct. Uh, Panthers have indeed scored a goal. Right now they're up one nothing against the Islanders. They have five shots compared to the Islanders' 12. There's been a few power plays, and it's been a really interesting game so far. All right, there's your live update, Wall V. Yeah, uh, Mike Hoffman scored for the Panthers. Uh, Huberdo and Yandel, we've had the assist, and the Islanders just hit the post during their power play. So, but this is, um, you know, it's reputed to be a low-scoring uh, series. It worked out that way in the first game, and and that's the way it's at right now. So, Panthers looking pretty good right now. They could tie this series up. All right. Well, there's your uh, live sports update for our live show, uh, the front page three hundred five podcast with Walter Villa, Andre Fernandez, Manny Navarro, and a cast of characters, including Pool Boy Million. Um, we're going <laughs> to get now you've been demoted from Pool Party to Pool Boy. Those are two different things. Uh, well, that's Those, true. Yeah. Pool Party. Pool Party. I, my apologies, Anthony. Big downgrade on the poor guy. Good. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get into our in the news segment. Uh, we already did behind Las Cortinas. So we're going to we're going to get some opinions here from Walter and Andre in the news. Walter, big story, obviously, in college football, Pac-12 football players uh, basically have, have come together. They have a long list of demands, including uh, 50% of the conference revenue. Uh, that's what they want in order to play football this year. Will they get it? I thought you were going to come to me on the heat question, but, yeah, I'll feel this one, too. Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I, think, I don't think they will. I don't think they're going to get the money they're looking for. That opens up a lot of can of worms with Title IX. Um, I don't see how that's going to be possible, but some of the other issues that they're asking for in terms of social justice and some of the, some of the social issues, I think are already starting to be addressed. And, and Manny and Andre, did you see the, uh, the TCU coach got in trouble uh, for saying the N word allegedly. So there's a lot of that stuff where coaches were doing stuff and saying things for years that sort of, they got away with that they're not going to be getting away with anymore. Yeah, I agree. I think the only complicated part is going to be the money part of it, the, that factoring in just the complications that, that would come with that. But beyond that, I think, you know, they're making their voices heard. And I think that that part of it, they'll, they'll get what they're what they're looking for. All right. The big story in, in the NFL, obviously, is who's opting out. And we mentioned earlier in the show, the Dolphins are still over when it comes to the opt outs. Uh, but eight New England Patriots have opted out this season. And conspiracy theorists, including Ruthie Polinsky, think that Bill Belichick <laughs> could be tanking to get Trevor Lawrence in 2021. Andre, you and I, uh, for The Athletic, uh, wrote a story about uh, teams tanking for Trevor Lawrence. Does it make sense to you that Trevor Lawrence could be a Patriot next year? The thing is, this team, I still think this team's too good, even without eight players. I don't know how many more. If it gets to the point where it's even more than that to make a huge dent, but to get Trevor Lawrence... You better be really bad next year. I'm talking like two and 14, one and 15. I mean, that's how you're going to be in striking distance to get this guy since he's probably going to be the number one pick, you know, if all holds true, if we, if we have a college football season. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, only, only Belichick's dog probably knows. <laughs> that's a great line. 
Well, they've, they've lost so far. Uh, Dante Hightower, their linebacker, safety Patrick Chung, starting uh, right tackle Marcus Cannon. They're starting tight end Matt, La- Matt Lacoste. And that's in addition to obviously losing in the offseason uh, Tom Brady and some of the linebackers that went to the Dolphins. So I'm not sure how talented that roster is. But Belichick, you would figure, would be good enough on his own to probably get, uh, I don't know, at least eight wins. He's that good. So we'll see. All right. South Florida's own Joey Bosa is now the highest paid defensive player in the NFL. $102 million guaranteed over five years. Uh, if he plays all five years of that contract, he'll get $135 million. Walt V, Joey Bosa, worth it? By the way, Manny, I want to hear your takes on some of this stuff, too. But I, yeah, I definitely think he is. One of the interesting things about about this uh, Bosa family, I mean, doesn't this have to rival uh, the Manning family with uh, Archie Manning and uh, and mm-hmm. his and you know his two kids, Peyton and Eli? So now we have now the father, John Bosa, was considered one of the great draft busts in Dolphins history. Uh, but he's but he was a first rounder, and now Nick Bosa, first rounder, nine sacks as a rookie, and Joey Bosa, first rounder. 40 sacks in in four years so uh those are good genes yeah definitely the manning's still better thanks to archie because archie was pretty darn good in his day but right they're the defensive version version of this and and yeah i think he's worth it because you saw what he did last year he's a monster he's a you know the, the guy could be a potential future hall of famer if he stays healthy and plays this well for for years to come i mean he was a game changer for that 49ers team last year on the way to the super bowl so yeah i think so the Watts are way in on some of this stuff. The Watts are another good pair of brothers. You got TJ Watt from the Steelers. He's one of the best linebackers in the league right now. And we got JJ Watt, who he's had injury issues these past few years. But for a while there, he was consistently the best pass rusher in the NFL, I'd say. You're right. That's a good point. And yeah, I will say uh, I think Nick Bosa is going to end up being better than Joey Bosa, and I think he's going to end up breaking his brother's uh, contract. Oh, by the way, wow. Joey Bosa agrees with that. He predicted his brother uh, Nick will beat out that contract that he signed. So This sounds awfully familiar. I saw, I feel like we heard this on an Aquinas sideline once upon a time <laughs> not that long ago, the same little prediction you just did. Yeah. The way the way many the, the the hurricanes are going in the recruiting, would they have signed the Bosa brothers? Uh, the way that momentum is right now, or that was never going to be uh, possible. Ohio, Ohio State pays more, man. What can I tell? <laughs> oh boy. Um, no, I'm joking. Uh, Miami Hurricanes uh, basketball picked up Bensley Joseph. Walter, you pay a lot more attention to the Canes hoops program than I do. Why is this good? Well, I actually went and I saw his highlights. Lefty point guard, pass first. It's hard to tell on highlights because they're highlights, but you know, I like the, uh, the commitment. Um, but ever since that whole FBI investigation, what was that that turned out to be nothing? It's really damaged. Um, they're recruiting. They're starting to get it back now. So uh, Jim Laranega had it going there for a while and that really curtailed the, the, the momentum he had. Dre, when was the last time you watched a UN basketball game? Laranaga. <laughs> I just love saying Laranaga. Uh, it's been a little bit. It's been maybe like a year or so. Wow. Yeah, I, it's been a rough time here since they uh, had Shane Larkin and those guys. All right, Hurricanes football recruiting. We're going to get to uh, James Williams, uh, the commitment, the five-star kid that's uh, a safety right now. I think most of the experts that I talk to think he's going to end up playing with a hand on the ground, being a, a defensive end. That's where the money's at, obviously. I mean, look, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, I mean, that's where the money is. Mm. Uh, I think if James Williams is smart, he'll eventually get there. But I think at Miami, I see him playing striker. Walt V, what say you? Well, 
I talked to Patrick Sertain, the father, former Dolphins uh, uh, cornerback, when I was doing a story on his son uh, about three years ago. And he told me a great story. He was a quarterback um, in Louisiana, and he got the scholarly from Southern Miss uh, because they promised him he was going to play quarterback. First day, not even the second day, not the second week, the third week, the first day he was playing defensive back. They completely lied to him. But they, as the uh, thunder strikes uh, outside my house, they completely lied to him, but it turned out he, he became an NFL player at that position. So I wonder if they're telling James Williams whatever he wants to hear just to get him on campus and then they're going to change positions or maybe not. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Camp again starts Friday. Andre, a Buffalo woman's obit written by her daughter has gone viral because it stated in all capital letters that she hated Tom Brady. Who is somebody in sports that you would want to mention in an angry way in your obit? Of course you were going to go to me on this. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I mean, we're, there's a lot of Brady on this, on this, uh, on this podcast today. Tom and Brady. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've had a lot of venom against the Patriots in the past. So if maybe you wouldn't, you wouldn't have any Red Sox being a diehard Yankees fan like you are, there's yeah. no, uh, there's no Red Sox. I mean, how about Terry Porter guys? Yeah, the referee. That that's yours for sure, Walter. I mean, the sixth national title. I mean, they haven't come close since. That Island flag came in about ten seconds after the national championship had been won. That would definitely be up there for me. I mean, yeah, that's a good one. Alan Derek. Houston back in the day when he kept uh, knifing the Heat out of the playoffs, you know, ahead of time. In your yeah. obit, you could say Terry F. and Porter. We got five minutes left in the show, boys, and I know we wanted to get back to Heat conversation, so let's go ahead and do that. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, Miami one and one so far inside the bubble. Kind of blew it yesterday against Toronto, but they got two good tests here in the next couple of days: the Celtics um, and the Bucks Tuesday and Thursday night. Uh, Walt V, I know you had another issue though you wanted to talk about. Yeah, uh, and I wanted I wanted to see what you guys think about this. But in the uh, in the pregame in the for the national anthem, Myers Leonard was the only player that stood up, uh, didn't kneel. And Jimmy Butler wanted to play with a jersey that had no name on his back. And out of the two, look, Myers Leonard has every right to do whatever he, he pleases. That's, that's America. He's freedom of choice to stand, kneel, or do whatever. But his reasoning that said he stood up because he didn't want to disrespect the military, it has nothing to do with the military. That's a made-up thing. Um, what is really about the protest is really about is not even about all police officers It's just the bad ones, just the, just the one that are killing unarmed black people. That's what this protest is, is about. And the reason Jimmy Butler wanted to wear no name is his point, which I think was a very valid one is that when he's sure when he's on the court, he's Jimmy Butler, he's a superstar multimillionaire, but when he's driving his car or he's anywhere in town to the, to some police officers, he's just a black guy and he is susceptible to to mistreatment. Well, well, I, I'm going to disagree with you with with Myers Leonard, and here's what I, I'm going to say: uh, Myers Leonard's raised over close to three hundred thousand dollars for uh, th this this campaign against social injustice, um, you know, through charitable funds and all that, and things that he's done, work that he's done, um, and and he's obviously against it. He was standing because his brother is a part of the army, and out of respect to his brother, who has been in wars and so forth. He felt the need to do it, and and look, everybody's going to feel protest. I'm sorry, the protest is not against the military. I and understand I do, he, that he, he wore a shirt that said no, uh, "Black Lives Matter," so I credit. I know he's not. 
He's not a racist. I'm not saying any of that. I'm, I'm just saying it's not about the protest is not about the military. Okay. And, but I also think he has a right to stand up if that's yes. the way he feels out of Agreed. respect, especially when his actions uh, speak louder than words, t-shirts or anything else, he's putting money where his mouth is in this whole thing. And I think that's, that's the most important thing. Yeah, that's where I respect the stand that he took. Just like everybody else that has made the choice to kneel, I, you know, you, I'm glad everyone's getting their voice heard by doing this. And that's where I wish maybe the NBA had allowed Jimmy to do what he wanted to do, which yeah. was you heard the reasoning behind it. And I thought it was a very good reason to do something like that. I'm glad he at least was able to loophole around it, get out to the court for the, for the tip off right. for a moment and make the gesture and then head out to the bench. At the very least, he was able to do that. But it's a shame that they didn't at least honor that request for him and for anybody else that maybe wanted to do something similar. Manny, no, I, again, Myers Leonard, you know, he has the right to do what he did. He, I think he's a good guy. He, he, like you said, he put his money where his mouth. I just don't like the saying that it's disrespectful to the military. It's nothing about that. It's, it's disres It's just protesting those, however many cops, I'm, I'm hoping that it's just a few nationwide that are, that are basically uh, shooting unarmed uh, black people. That's got to stop. I agree. And I think everybody in the NBA feels that way. And it's to me, it's pretty evident, not only just from Myers Leonard, but uh, coaches across the NBA, they've all been in, in, in unison. It's been the same message, uh, the entire league from the commissioner on down. And I think, you know, look, Jonathan Isaac stood up for his reasons. Uh, the Orlando Magic, uh, big man, everybody has reasons. And I think, you know, you can respect that. I don't think there's any reason to, to say, hey, uh, it's wrong that that guy's standing. If he wants to stand, they can stand. But as long as they understand and, and uh, share their thoughts on how police brutality and social injustice is unfair, I think that's that's the right approach to take. And it's good to see the NBA sort of being outspoken. I'm interested to see how the NFL handles this because, of course, they were the league that didn't allow guys to take mm -hmm. a knee. Right. And now um, you know, you're seeing, uh, obviously, a different tact throughout our country. Two minutes left in the show, boys. Final thoughts uh, as as we uh, move into the real sports season. I feel like we're finally there. We've got baseball working. We've got football camps opening up. We've got the hockey playoffs. Uh, Walt V, final thoughts. Are we going to do this again next week, or is this one and done? We did such a brilliant show. We're just going to retire off of this one show, or do you think we're going to do it again? I think I'm just going to walk off. I'm going to like walk off with a little bit of swag. I'm going to drop the microphone. Once I drop the microphone and it's broken, there is no replacement. I'm not spending. That's it. We that's can't your, afford new that's microphones. Your, that's your, that's your bat flip that you can't come back from right there. You pop the chain out and just <laughs> let it, let it hang and go. It'll, it'll be up to pool party. If we come back, if he says it was a good show pool party, what do you think? An awesome job. Awesome job. He said, there you go. Okay. Seal, seal of approval. All right, we, we also need his dad to feel the same way because they could kick us off at any moment. If Pop says you guys sucked, we're done. Yeah. It's over. We're back to the old podcast that nobody listens to. At least with Sirius XM, we're actually on the radio. We have a chance if we if we can just keep this thing going. So this will be a cliffhanger whether we're back next week or not. Love yeah. cliffhangers. Yeah, if not, you can just follow us on uh, Twitter, front page 305, Que Pasa 305, and hopefully next week we get a caller. Walter, why don't you ask your mom or somebody to call in? So we have an actual caller, Dre. Or Santos, I'll get, I'll get, Santos Perez, the best boxing rider in the nation. We'll have him call in. Or I get the pride of Miami High. I'll get my dad to call. That'll be a thrill. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, fun show. We'll uh, hopefully see you next week.
The views and opinions expressed on Front Page 305 are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 145. The views and opinions expressed on Front Page 305 are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.